Hi, Phil Swift here for new Flex Super Glue. What's truly amazing is that our Flex Super Glue is so strong that just one drop virtually welds itself to the surface and can lift over three tons. Forget those old super glues, get the one that's new. Flex Super Glue. Go to flexsealproducts.com forward slash three ton lift to learn more about how one drop lifted three tons. For demonstration purposes only. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy. Welcome back to That Trippy Show. Last week, insurrection. This week, impeachment. Next week, inauguration. Hope everyone's doing okay out there. Alex, where, just where, do you even want to start? Wait, so just so I'm clear, that was last week, inauguration, this week, insurrection, next week, impeachment, right? Yeah, something like that, Alex. Something like that. <laughs> Get it straight. So, let's let's start with impeachment, uh, which I feel like it's it's basically a year since the last one. Uh, Trump's obviously the first president to have been now impeached by the House twice, but it sounds like from what Mitch McConnell's been saying, the trial is not going to start until until a new president comes into office. Uh, of course not. Walk us through, Joe, what you think the best possible outcomes on each side are here. So starting with with for Biden. Uh, look, I think the most, I think people have um, totally, all of us, have lost any sense of what um, effective government getting things done is like. You know, Trump won and had both the House and the Senate, but Paul Ryan couldn't do anything with his caucus. He had the Tea Party going and these new, you know, the Trumpers were, were in office too with him and he couldn't uh, get anything done. And then whenever he and Mitch McConnell could cut a deal, Trump would screw it up. So th- th- they have done, been total, uh, there's nothing been has gotten done effectively for four years in a way when, when they had either had everything or had McConnell throwing everything in a desk drawer. So I think the outcome for Biden is, and and for Democrats, frankly, is we now have all three, the, the, the Senate, the House, and the presidency. That hasn't happened in a long time. And with the crisis of COVID and the economy, it you know effectively getting people the $2,000, uh, making money move to the state and the uh, cities to, so they have the resources to get the vaccine into people's arms. Uh, if they can do the 100 million people in the first 100 days, uh, like the, the president is saying, while, yes, an effective, non-obstructed um, Senate can do two things at one time, right? They can pass that bill uh, to get the state and, and, and cities the money that they need and get the vaccine rolling in a way that Trump failed, at the same time, bifurcate it and spend half the day approving his nominees. And the fact is, McConnell's power is over. He doesn't have that. He can't put anything in a desk drawer. So I think the big advantage for Biden is, and the Democrats, all of us, is that, uh, hey, here are, uh, even with impeachment going on, we're getting things done. A hundred million Americans have an opportunity to get the vaccine and get it in the first hundred days. Now, they can effectively pull those two, just those two things off, I think. Uh, And uh, by the way, at every point, if McConnell or the Senate or Republicans at the crazy 197 in the House that still voted to overturn the election or or voted against impeachment, 
if they're sitting there voting no on the $2,000 or no on state, and we don't want to give money to New York and these city, these liberal socialist cities. I just think there's a real opportunity here that doing both things can really expose the obstruction and failure, both of Trump and and a lot of the Republicans who are in office right now. And you got to also think that a lot of those uh, senators are, you know, are they really going to vote against the state and, and city money when they're, a lot of them are going to be up in uh, 2022? So look, I think, no, it's, it's all out. Just push, 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 put the bills on the floor, pass them and do it half the day in the impeachment, half the day getting things done. And there really isn't a lot of room. Anytime a Lindsey Graham or somebody tries to stand up and hold up the proceeding, you know, the you know, because the rules of the Senate, I think they're going to be exposed as being, you know, just just, uh, you know, continuing the ex- the obstruction. But this time they don't have the votes. We will win out. And, and also the other thing I think on impeachment, um, I think these guys th- don't don't get that the truth will out. We don't know half the horrors of uh, January 6th, how much of it was organized. There is going to be uh, and by the way, not just the trial, but the press is going to they are finding things out and people are are are, are starting um, to look under the the horror show and find a lot of connections. I mean, Jim Jordan was actually giving tours to these groups, to some of these groups on January 5th of the Capitol building. Yeah. Did you see, who is it? Mickey Sherrill. Did you see her video? Yeah. So he leads. Yes, exactly. So he lead uh, on January 5th, he's leading uh, these groups, uh, touring them around, showing them where, which rooms are what in the, in the Capitol building and where everything is. And then a week later, he's leading the uh, the anti-impeachment forces uh, in the GOP House. So, you know, all this is going to continue to, to, to come out. And I think a lot of these 197 uh, uh, who voted against impeachment, you know, the, the, <laughs> I mean, Tom Rice, who somehow voted to reject the election results, uh, to overthrow uh, the, the vote of the people, and then turned around a week later and voted to impeach, which, you know, uh, we all uh, should welcome his impeachment vote. But I don't even I don't even I can't even figure out how that any of that makes sense. Well, I mean, we were talking about this beforehand, trying to read what he said, and it, it makes no sense to any of us. Yeah, there were I can't a figure few it out. interesting votes. Obviously, you had uh, Liz Cheney, the number three Republican in sure. the House. A couple of swingy Republicans came out, but if you're how much of this impeachment vote is Republicans sizing up their next step, sizing up 2024 and saying, do we actually want this guy to be able to run? No, I mean, most of them are still walking down the blind alley, you know, the dark alley. Uh, uh, you know, I think there are, you know, one or two, you know, who, who may have calc- been calculated their vote. The only uh, uh, representative, David Valadell, I don't know how you say his name. Valadeo. You know? Yeah, David Valadeo. I'm sorry. Uh, in California 21st, he was the only um, vote uh, for impeachment that came from a Biden winning district. Uh, Biden won at 55, uh, 54-44. So, you know, he may have, you know, read the writing on the wall 
but you know, hey, maybe I don't know the I don't know his his record, but I'm just saying that's the only one that maybe looks like, well, hey, I better get on the other side of this. But most of the others, like Liz Liz Cheney, you know, who I think uh, has throughout this whole thing, you know, called out Trump when he was wrong and and stood firm for what you know uh, most of us thought the Republican Party actually represented, whether we agreed with them or not, or with her or not. Right. And I disagree with her on a lot of things, but uh, she deserves a lot of credit. And then you got McConnell now saying he hasn't made a final decision on how to vote. Uh, and he'll listen to the legal arguments when they're presented to the Senate. But that, you know, so that's my point. More evidence is going to come out. People say, well, will there be witnesses or will there be evidence presented? The evidence is is happening in front of our eyes, not just on January 6th, but every day as you learn some of these members and what they were doing. You know, Mo Brooks from Alabama uh, and his uh, speech on January 6th. Uh, there are going to be consequences, and I think the more the American people, and the FBI has said this at the, uh, in their their press conference, that the more the facts the American people learn, the more horrified they'll be with just how how bad this all really well, was. And they they've got a, such a tough job in front of them. I mean, if you haven't read it, we may put this in the show notes. There's a really good article from Reed Epstein of the of the Times basically talking about how Trumpism is like just completely ingrained at every level of every state party. One of the leading contenders for the, I think the Virginia governor came out today and said, on the Republican side came out today and said it's it's a good chance the inauguration will be Trump being sworn in on the 20th. Yeah, it's stuff like that. So given that, Joe, if you were whispering in Mitch McConnell's ear, which I know it's a horrible thought, what would you what would you have him do? What What is his? Best I, I think he's here? right when he mused that uh, uh, actually uh, voting to convict uh, that the impeachment process, uh, it didn't turn out that way in the House, but that it, it is the best way to purge the party of Trumpism. Uh, to the extent that they can do it, I think a conviction, uh, him leading 17 uh, Republican senators to actually uh, convent, convict Trump uh, would be, I think, uh, the smart thing for him as a party leader to do. Uh, I, I just don't know whether whether he'll do it. I mean, I, he's, cal- you know, look, he's calculating and he knows how to move his caucus and how to hold him in, in check. Uh, and he, if, if he wants to get the 17 votes there and, and other Republicans off, you know, sort of, uh, off the record or talking in private have, have clearly, you know, uh, kind of signaled that if McConnell votes for conviction, that they think the, the votes will be there. So I think that's, uh, you know, that's what I would, I would hope he would do. First of all, it's the right thing. Secondly, I think as more evidence comes out, it may be even more clear that that's the smarter uh, uh, path to take. I don't think, you know, losing it, uh, we already know there's four or five, six uh, Republican senators who will most likely vote for impeachment. Uh, You know, so I'm not sure if you're, and you're also, so you're trying to get to, to two thirds, that's going to be tough without McConnell. But on the other hand, he's he's already going to be looking at something like fifty nine or sixty, probably. So uh, it, he may not, he may not be able to hold the door shut if more evidence and it becomes more clear of how directly involved, not just 
Donald Trump, but how many in his administration, what was going on at the Defense Department uh, with the acting defense secretary? We don't know any of that. It's all going to come out sooner or later. Joe, you've been beating the drum of Trump never really going away for years. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Just probably going to be like Trump TV. Obviously, without a Twitter account, it kind of feels like I haven't heard from him in a bit, which is actually, I think my blood pressure has gone significantly down. But his disciples, like Congresswoman from Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and uh, the lady who is live tweeting Nancy Pelosi's whereabouts to the mob, I forget her name, uh, Bubert from Colorado, they're not going away. But is it in the realm of possibility that Trump just kind of fades out? Well, I, he's, I, one, he's not going to go away. Uh, that doesn't mean he won't be put away, but he, he's not going to, until he is, he's not going to go away. Uh, and, and, and it doesn't, it, in a lot of ways, uh, when you talk about Trump going away, you got to, it, it's Trumpism. And that Trumpism is not going to go away. You got Marjorie Greene, you've got 197 of them, Jim Jordan, they're all in the House, right? There, there's a bunch of them, six, seven, eight in the Senate right now. Uh, not to mention throughout the party. And when you look at the base, we're like still something like 70 something percent of uh, 77% of Republicans support, still approve of Donald Trump. I mean, it's it's baked into the party. He's obviously going to keep playing to that. He's going to have to for his, I mean, it's how is he going to make money or get something done? You know, get his, you know, he, he craves attention. We all know all that. So yeah, that's why I think it's really important that he is, that you follow through, that he is, uh, 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 there is a Senate trial, that that somebody like Mitch McConnell actually comes to his senses and and get, get what they should have done already, which was 17 of these guys should have gone over to the White House and told him, you leave now or we're going to convict you. But they didn't like they did with Nixon. They didn't do that with him. But I think the trial and the ensuing facts may at least, you know, get maybe, you know, do you get a, you know, 10 Republican senators to come with us? It, you know, it, I'm not sure that we can get a majority. I, I think I'd like to hope McConnell does. But in the end, the other thing that's going on here that McConnell's got a problem, even if he wants to do that, is he has a whole lot of these senators are up in 2022. And their problem now is if they vote for impeachment, are they primaried by the Marjorie Greens of the world? I mean, by, by uh, you know, Trump members or, or other Trump accolades who want to uh, uh, carry uh, the, the Trump flag into the Senate. Uh, and, and, and certainly, even if Trump is uh, put away, I'm sure he'll somehow be uh, endorsing in these in those races. So you have these a lot of senators who, who are going to be standing, you know, in that trial uh, as part of the jury, as part of the people who are going to judge it, who so are going to decide this, who are going to have to put their political careers at risk to do it. And so far, there been <laughs> there's so far there's been about ten Republicans yeah. on the planet. All, out of over 200 in the House, over, you know, the, the, the 50 they have in the Senate, um, we've got 10. Uh, and, and frankly, even the 10 didn't... didn't Seven, eight of them, they, yeah. something Don't, like that, where we're all, the right yeah, was all it, the, the smarter decision to do it. The one that I thought was interesting was actually, I think one of the Washington Republicans said, obviously, McMorris didn't do it, but I think it was Butler, but they have a top two primary, which actually could could actually... You know, that that was kind of his rationale. But yeah, you're right. It's yeah. not anywhere close to. Right. right. And I'm Dan talking Rickey. more about the Senate right now uh, in that 
they, they, I think they're at a, because now they're going to be, you know, uh, have to make the, it's going to be a trial and they're going to have to decide what to do. And I think a lot of, he may be able to hold a lot of those senators, you know, he'll be on the phone with them, with them from Mar-a-Lago saying, if you cross me, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to run one of my folks against you and you're not going to get out of there alive. Uh, I mean, look, look, that's what, that's what he, he threatened to do on January 6th with a lot of them. Um, So I just think, uh, and I don't mean, and and I should say that I'm, when I say not going to get out of there alive, that's the Trump, the president's language, what I, what I think he might say to them. Uh, not that that should happen. There's too much of that uh, rhetoric going on right now. Doesn't the shine eventually come off this guy? He's now lost twice. I mean, sure. if you don't count the court cases, he's gotten impeached twice, and now he can't even tweet. Well, no, that, that's clear. E- even some of his, his supporters are now saying, you know, why did he lie to us? How did he let us down? I think that'll be more clear when he actually uh, leaves office. I mean, I think, you know, literally... A, a, a massive number of his followers truly believed that by some magic, um, Pence in the House uh, would reject the Electoral College and that he would be declared uh, president-elect on January 6th. And uh, they believed that. And uh, because and one, he told them uh, repeatedly that that was exactly what was going to happen. And it didn't. I still think there are plenty of them who actually believe that somehow between now and January 20th, the, you know, the magic elixir will take form and he'll be uh, standing there taking the oath, not Joe Biden. But when that doesn't happen and it's not going to happen, uh, Joe Biden is the president elect and will be president on January, sworn in on January 20th. I think then the loser thing really starts to impact some of them. But look, there's still going to be, even if it's, you know, he's, his approval now is at 38, even if it goes to, to 25, that 25, you know, believes it was stolen, believes it was taken from, believes that that Mitch McConnell had to somehow, I mean, I'm sure Mitch McConnell and Pence were in on it by the time we get, by the time he's sworn in. If Pence shows up at the inauguration, he'll be even more of a traitor than they already think he is. So that, and and so too, any senator, Democratic, I mean, Republican senator who shows up at that inauguration, you know, will they, how many of them will actually come? Um, it's That's the problem they're going to have right now, because no matter what they do, there's going to be some faction of their party that either, you know, that, that will be really ticked at them, no matter how many of them start to realize what the Trump lied to them the entire time and start to reject him. So they're going to be upset anybody continues to stand with them. At the same time, you've got, there's no way you're going to kill the Trumpism fever, you know, even if it's only 25% of the party, it's larger than that. We know it. It's a, it's 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 a majority of the party right now. They're going to be at considerable risk, I think, ele- you know, election-wise uh, in twenty twenty-two, no matter what they do. Other than I'm going to ask you to play a crystal ball here, Joe. Other than obviously, you've got your your Hollies and your Cruises duking it out already. Is there a next Trump out there, or what does the party even look like with him on the sidelines? Oh, yeah. Look, Trump proved that there could be another Trump out there. And again, you know, whether, it's, you know, you've got Jim Jordan, Holly, uh, Cruz, all auditioning for the job. Uh, 
Uh, I, I'm not sure. There's going to be a big reckoning in the 2024 uh, campaign for president uh, where you're going to have uh, exactly that. Somebody from, you know, with Trump's blessing or, you know, a, a Trump loyalist. And you'll, I think you'll have somebody who tries to run uh, against Trumpism and for, you know, the conservative uh, constitutional law and order uh, Republican Party that we no longer see as existing right now. It, you know, that fight is going to go on. There'll be just like we had in our election, you know, lanes and all that. There'll be there's going to be a Trump lane. Somebody's going to win it. And there's going to be, you know, sort of the, the trader wing, I guess, in the establishment and, and all this corporate money that it has has moved away from the Republicans who voted for throwing out the election results and, and against impeachment. Um, you've seen corporate PACs say, no mas. Uh, who do they line up with in an attempt to take the party back from Trumpism? So that that schism, it's first we're going to see it in 2022. And I think we're going to see it in these, these Senate races. It doesn't matter as much in House races because, you know, frankly, the, most of the House races in this country are safe. Uh, Jim Jordan uh, is just not going to get, uh, you know, you could have a moderate Republican challenge him. Uh, I don't think it's going to work. Th those districts are drawn for the kind of member that represents them right now. You know, AOC is really strong in her district. Connor Lamb. Totally different district, but he he that district fits him. So I, I think in the House you're going to see this have less impact. It will, you know, there'll be you know 10, 15, 18 marginal seat, you know, battleground races where will, but but they could lose it in the primary, uh, where you get you know a, a, a Trumpy gets the nomination in a marginal uh, district once all these facts are out and they can't really mount a challenge to the Democrat that they, they're trying to take out. Not so in the Senate. In the Senate, I think, you know, these, the, the, the senators that are up, many of them are in places, usual when you have a battleground, uh, Senate race, those, those races are really tough if you have a tough primary. Uh, and I think they're going to be tough primaries on the Republican side. I think Democrats right now are pretty unified, and get that winning a seat, regardless of which wing or how many we have to get behind, that that's really important right now, including, I think, on these votes that are going to come up. I don't think, yes, I'm sure there are going to be progressives who wish there was this much more for states and cities than, than the uh, Biden administration puts forward, that they're going to want, you know, you know, want more uh, that would put the bill at risk. In the end, I think Nancy Pelosi will be able, and, and uh, Schumer and Biden, will be able to hold the majority. Because, the, so, you know, it's Kamala Harris breaking the tie. There can't right. be any defections. So I think there'll be inter-party discipline on our side. On their side, who the hell is the cop that's going to be able to, to uh, uh, you know, we've been through. Yeah, guess who that was? It was a guy named Donald Trump. And man, were they afraid of him. It, you know, they're still afraid of him. And, but they also know... That they got a, they've got to jettison him. They know that, uh, and how they try to do that, what that fight's about, how it plays out, that's going to be a big advantage in 2022. I know usually administration first midterm loses seats. I think if we as Democrats govern effectively, get the vaccine out there, get the economy moving, 
um, just by not obstructing, just by getting the damn job done, by being effective and holding our coalition 51 votes in the in, in the Senate, you know, holding our majority in the House on every vote and 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 Joe Biden signing those bills while the Senate does half days uh, moving the impeachment trial. Uh, I think by the end of that, Biden and Democrats might have, with the Republicans fighting over whether they're Trumpies or not, we may able to be able to per- burst that bubble and actually grow our majority in 2022. Joe, this kind of, by kind of, I mean, it certainly did flew under the radar this week with everything else going on, but it looks like Jamie Harrison's going to be the next head of the DNC. Um, there's a good quote in Politico. I think it used the word hellbent on avoiding a repeat in terms of Biden's approach where he's trying to avoid the, the wipeout that we had in 2010. Right. Um, what do you think of this? I think it's a great pick. I mean, look, he was he ran the South Carolina Democratic Party. He knows how abysmal uh, our party's investment in, in in these marginal states, in these battleground states has been. Uh, I mean, he's experienced it firsthand. He he uh, tried to build, make this, the uh, South Carolina Democratic Party stronger. Uh, he knows what we didn't do as a national party to help. Uh, we saw it firsthand in Alabama. You know, these states where Democrats, we just as a party have, you know, we, we concentrate on the, the battleground states for president. And then when the Senate races come into the other states, we're like, oh, yeah, we should have done something there. So I think, look, he he gets this. I think he gets how much more we can do in North Carolina to win uh, in 2022, win for a seat and what the party needs to do, what we need to do in terms of registration on the ground, really, you know, build a strategy uh, that, uh, that's around rebuilding the state party infrastructures uh, in places like, and look, it, it's strong in North Carolina, but he knows what we need to do to make it stronger. Same in Mississippi, Alabama, Colorado, all these states where we, we you know, Obviously, Georgia worked because for 10 years, Stacey Abrams and uh, a lot of other Democrats in the state on pretty much on their own without a lot of national help uh, from the party built something that became formidable and and not only uh, turned it blue for for Joe Biden, but now uh, delivered the two Senate seats that that, you know, in a lot of ways saved the country. And I think Harrison really is someone who gets that. He's lived it. Uh, and it's not just the South. There's Midwestern states that we need to be, uh, you know, strengthen the National Party's commitment. And also, I think to tr- he's the other good thing about him is a lot of the grassroots donors out there obviously uh, fell in love with him and, and supported him and gave it, you know, gave him millions of dollars. And one of the things we, we need to do is to get our grassroots donors out there, our, our online small donors, to understand Giving ten bucks to the state party, uh, giving ten bucks to to something like Fair Fight Action in Georgia, uh, can often matter a hell of a lot more uh, than giving you know to uh, you know you could give to the candidate, but but give a little over here. I think Harrison can deliver that message with credibility uh, to the grassroots, and we need that because uh, it's you know spending three or four billion dollars beating each other's brains out uh, on negative TV ads isn't, you know, is 
we should be spending a, a hundred million of that. I mean, us as donors, I mean, me as giving to the candidates I gave to, if we all did that, but but gave a little less to that and gave a little bit more uh, to things Jamie Harrison would be pointing us towards and rebuilding state parties and, and uh, on the ground and registering two or 300,000 new people in North Carolina between now and 2022. We win seat. We'll win some House seats there. Uh, maybe get Madison Cawthorn out of that damn uh, uh, seat he holds. Uh, but that's what this is about. And I think Jamie Harrison is a great pick. Joe, I think that's just about all the time we got this week. Uh, thanks, Alex. And thanks for listening, everybody, to that trippy show. Reminder, if you have a question, please submit it on iTunes in the reviews. Uh, give us a rating there. Or email us at thattrippyshow at gmail.com. Uh, we are going to do a listener question show, maybe, coming up. Uh, so please get them in. And absolutely, we will see you next Friday. We'll be here every Friday as long as you listen. Thank you. I am Anthony Scaramucci, and you may know me from my career on Wall Street or my 11 days in the White House. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I'll tell you, if you read books, you can. I love to read, and my new podcast, Open Book, is about just that. Each book is this curated source of knowledge, which we can buy for $10 and digest in 10 hours. Together with some of the brightest minds and authors out there, I'll turn the pages on everything from history and psychology to finance and tech. You can find Open Book with Anthony Scaramucci on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.